You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. I thought it would be useful, just at the beginning, to take a quick look at the structure of the tractate overall, just so we can keep an eye on what is going on. We're in the middle of the first chapter, and that is focused on, actually on, well, we talked about the fact that it's focused on roots, but on who needs to bring Bikurim, what kind of products are liable, how they're grown. And we're going to see, as we finish the first chapter, we're going to see some boundary cases. Now, the second chapter takes a little bit of a segue into comparisons between Bikurim, Bikurim and other kinds of offerings. So what's the, what are the similarities and the differences between Bikurim and, for example, Turuma? And that that provides a diversion before the third chapter addresses the fundamental question of how do we bring Bikurim? In other words, what is the process for bringing the Bikurim? So chapter three and chapter one in, in really do belong together. Chapter two is an outlier. And, th- and then... Chapter 2 is an outlier, but chapter 4 is also an outlier. In fact, chapter 4 doesn't appear in some versions of the Mishnah. It's included in the Mishnah Yomi calendar, but it doesn't appear in some versions of the Mishnah. And it is actually a, 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 um, it's a chapter of Tosefta, which does more comparisons between obligations of people who are male and female and gender fluid. So that is the, and and that chapter four is related to chapter two. So if you like, you have chapters two and four, which are comparisons between Bikurim and other kind of offerings. And by the way, all kinds of other comparisons. And then chapters one and chapter three address the question of who needs to bring Bikurim and how are we going to bring them? So that is overall the structure which we're going to look at. And we're halfway through chapter one. Let's try to jump in where we where, where we left off. We're at the sixth um, the sixth Mishnah, and we're going. We 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 closed last week with questions about about who who needs to to um, uh, bring Bikurim, and then we segued into questions of you know the status of a woman who's uh, a daughter of a convert. Now we're going straight back to Bikurim and the question of ownership. Someone who buys two trees in his fellow's property brings but does not recite. And we saw right at the beginning of the chapter, we saw that we're going to analyze various cases of people who don't bring at all in which case obviously they don't recite we're going to see later in the chapter people who do bring and do recite and then in the middle there's a category category of people who do bring but clearly what they bring isn't quite bikurim because they don't recite even though the recitation the vidui that is you know we saw that in the the from the pasukim we learned from um, Deuteronomy from Devarim, even though the recitation is key to the mitzvah, there are some people who bring but don't recite. 
What is it about two trees? Well, we learned when we learned the Mishnah of Shavit that once you have three trees, you establish an orchard. You establish an orchard. And somehow, so the question we're looking at here is, look, if I bought two trees, so I'm below the critical number of three trees that establish an orchard. If I bought two trees, do I own land? And we've already said, you have to own the land in order to bring the Bikram. And the Mishnah is clearly stating, look, if you just buy, buying two trees is not enough to buy the land. Although Rabbi Meir disagrees. Rabbi Meir uh, say, um, says, uh, he brings and he recites. And along the same lines, Yavesh HaMayan, maybe the well dried up. And the Mishnah has an idea here, by the way, that land without a well is not land. In, in, and, you know, in Washington and in London, where the water always falls, that will be a surprising statement. You can own land with no well, and you can grow things on your land with no well. But in the land of Israel, in the land of Israel, land with no well is not really land. And similarly, Maybe the tree was cut down. So you did have bikurim from a tree, but you don't have a tree anymore. You don't have a tree anymore. So you don't have land or you don't have a tree anymore. Meviva in Okore. He brings, but he doesn't recite. And Rabbi Huda, just like Rabbi Meir, is going to disagree. Meviva Kore. Of course, we know the halacha is not going to follow Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Huda. And then the Mishnah continues. Well, if we've defined what kind of uh, situations you have to bring Bikurim in. When do you bring them? From Atzeret, Atzeret is Shavuot. Even we've just passed Shemini Atzeret, but Atzeret, which is the, the eighth day of Sukkot, but in the Mishnah, Atzeret is Shavuot. And Sukkot is called the festival, Hechag. So miatzeret v'ad hechag means from Shavuot until until uh, until Sukkot. So in other words, and we learned already for that you can't bring bikurim before Shavuot. So the season here is from Shavuot to to Sukkot. Miatzeret v'ad hechag mevivikore. He brings and he recites. Minechag v'ad Chanukah after Sukkot until Chanukah mevivikore. You're in boundary land here. You can bring, but you can't read. Rabbi Yudah ben Batera Omer Mevivikorei. Okay, Rabbi Yudah ben Batera says he disagrees. All the sequence of Mishnayot end with a sage who disagrees. That's the structure of this section of the Mishnah. What about someone who, we've talked about the fact that a well, if you don't have a well on your land, the well's dried up. Maybe you, if you don't have land. What if you sold the land? He frish bikurim, he frish bikurav, he sets aside his bikurim. Umahar sadeh, he sold his his land. Same halacha, if you're not rooted to the land in terms of ownership, you can't read. You're still obligated to bring, but there's some, there's some deficit there. Bikurim is about ownership. Vehasheni, the second one. Who's the second one? He's the person that bought the land. He's the second owner. He can't bring Bikurim from the same species because we've already obligated the first one 
to bring from the same species. But from a different species, he brings and recites. And Rabbi Yudah says, actually, well, Rabbi Yudah is going to say, but the halacha doesn't follow Rabbi Yudah. He's going to bring of the same kind. He can, he can do this. He can bring of the same kind and recite. And then finally, remember that the Pusukim said, the Pusukim are precise about the fact that we not only have to bring our Bikurim, but we have to bring them to Jerusalem. Remember the, um, the, the, let, let's just find, let's just find the, let's just find the Pasuk. Um, and you, you're going to say to him, uh, I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us, so we've inherited the land. And the priest shall take the basket out of your hand. And he's going to put it down in front of the altar. So the obligation is to bring the Bikurim right up to the front of the altar. It's not to Jerusalem. It's not to the outskirts. The Bikurim are brought right into the temple to the Kohen who's going to put it in front of the altar. And so the Mishnah is going to say, he freeshed Bikurav, he set aside his Bikurim, and something happened to them so they couldn't be brought. They were robbed or rotted or stolen or lost. They became unclean. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because you have an obligation to bring just as you have an obligation to set aside. The Mishnah rules. Him. You have to, he has to bring others in their place, but he can't read can't recite why not because they're not the bikurim anymore he has an obligation to bring something but what he's bringing is now what he's bringing are now not the bikurim and then and and just to reinforce that point the second one he's going to bring the law of the fifth doesn't apply remember we've learned that if you substitute bikurim for if you buy out bikur if you buy out holy holy things you need to add a fifth which is really a quarter but these are not real bikurim right so we don't have to add the fifth nit ma'uba azara maybe they became unclean in the temple court no fates ve'enokore he scatters them because he can't give them to the kohen ve'enokore and he can't read he in other words he, the obligation is to bring them to the altar to the point that the priest can take them so those are the fundamental ideas coming out of these three mishnayot that we need to have ownership over the land real ownership over the land <clears throat> otherwise we bring but we can't recite and we have to really bring them to the point of the altar and if what we bring is not well, what we originally chose, then again, we can't recite. That's all for today. And we'll learn more principles from the rest of the chapter tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.